what I believe the Spirit of God is calling this church to is that the people of this church are called to live in the impossible realm. Okay, three people agree, right? Come on. We are called, this church has a unique calling is that we are called to live out and manifest heaven. What is that? That is the supernatural realm. Why do you want to do that? Well, ultimately, we want to share how good our God is in spite of how disqualified we may seem, we, we may seem to think we are, that God has qualified us through His grace that all of us, every single individual sitting in this room is qualified as a candidate to receive, experience, and manifest the glory of God through miracles, signs, and wonder that includes healing, but not only healing, many, many other areas in our lives. So over the next few weeks, we're going to focus on trying to live in the supernatural. Now, before we get started, let's just pray and have a word and ask the Holy Spirit to open our ears and open our eyes and open our hearts that we may receive the Word of God. When it is planted, it shall produce fruits in all of our lives. Fruits is what we're going after. It's no use to hear a sermon and have no fruits. We, Father, we pray in Jesus' name for the next half an hour. We will not be wasting our time. But that we allow the word of the seed, the seed, the word seed of God to be planted in our hearts. Not planted only, but that it will grow and yield fruits. Because your word says that when it is spoken from your throne, your word that comes out from your throne, it will never, never return void, but to fulfill its purpose. Its purpose, your word says, is to cause fruits come into our lives. The fruit of that seed word, the, 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 the seed of the word of God. So I ask you for two things. Number one is for a tender heart to receive what we're going to hear. And number two is that you use this mouth of clay to express your heart, that I will speak on your behalf. May every word that this I say that is not of you be shut down, forgotten, and silenced, but that every word that uttered from the presence of God, from the throne of God, resonate and produce fruit. In Jesus' name, we all pray and we all say amen. amen. All right, let's get started. Now, let me set this up before we get started. In order for you and I to live in that realm of impossibility, you got to agree with the next three things that I'm going to say. And it will help us to actually live in that supernatural, impossible realm. Impossible, actually, only to those who live naturally in their flesh but very possible for those who live in the Spirit. Now, watch this. If you want to live in the supernatural, if you want to understand what I'm going to say, the first thing you need to do, uh, Christians and non-Christian alike, is that you need to be ready, watch this, to switch the frequency of your senses, the frequency of your ideas, the frequency of your 
educational knowledge, whether you acquire from school or from other religious institution, whatever it is that you think you have learned, I want you to be open-minded today. Even if you, th you thought you know about this truth, I want you to be open-minded to be willing to switch the channel. You know, it's like television, right? I'm not encouraging you to watch television, and there's no condemnation doing that. I watch it too, but it's like watching television. If you want to watch news, you switch to Channel 23 in this country called CBC News Network. I don't know, in, in the cable that I watch is 23. Or CTV News, 62, Channel 62, right? If you're in the United States and you're watching this from the United States, is Fox News or CNN or whatever, right? And so you switch to those channels and you watch the news. Now, if you want to watch a movie while the news frequencies still continue to be broadcast out from wherever they're coming from, you're no longer getting any information from there, but now you turn to Netflix, and so Netflix now is just broadcasting whatever they're broadcasting, and then you're watching your movie. You just switch channel, and then you're getting completely a different sets of experience, if I should say. Are you still with me? Right, so in order for us to understand the supernatural, how it works, I know some of you know that already, may this be a reminder, is that you want to switch channel, right? 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5, for though we walk in the flesh, that's one channel. We are not waging war according to the flesh, same channel. Why? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, not the same channel. Christians, we are in a different channel, but have divine power to destroy ideas. Strongholds in the original translation ideas. And he further went on to say, we destroy arguments, narratives, and lofty opinions. Raise against what? The divine knowledge of God, the knowledge, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. In order for you to understand what we're going to be talking about, you need to be willing to, hey, listen, kibosh what you think you know. Until you're willing to do that, whatever I say will be filtered through with some kind of Lens and you will hear different from what I say. Now watch this further. Romans chapter 12 verse 2, you all know about this. We are called, Paul the Apostle said that we are to give ourselves as living sacrifice, but do not conform to the world. Verse 2. But being transformed by what? Renewal of our mind that by testing you may discern. That's a good part, right? Testing. A lot of people don't know what that is. You need to test what you hear, and the test is with the Word of God that you may discern, understand, or know what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What is the will of God? That you and I are to live on earth as it is in heaven. We are to live on earth as it is 
in heaven. It should be heaven on earth for every single one of us every day. Not just Sunday, but every day, every minute, every moment of life is heaven on earth. That's how you dwell in the impossible. Some people say, I don't want to, I want to dwell in the natural and only when I have disaster, I dwell in the, I, I will go to the impossible. Then friends, it may be too late. It's not like you can just switch gear. It's where you have been living. Now, I know the grace of God sometimes is so, not sometimes, always is very amazing above and beyond our understanding. And Jesus had healed uh, even those that didn't believe in him. And that's his will, that's his, his purposes that we can never ask. You know, Psalm 115 said God will do whatever he wants to do. Right? I don't know if you know that scripture. You know, we'll look, look into it later on. But God will do whatever he wants to do. And his grace will do whatever he wants to do. But he has also taught us how it is we can walk in the supernatural. Walk in faith. And that's what we're going to go, okay? Now, um, so the first thing is, we must do, in order for you and I to walk in this supernatural, you have to be willing to discard all ideas, all teaching. Oh, theology, oh, doctrines, oh, educational knowledge, however good they were, they were and they may be. But in order for you to walk in the supernatural, you need to switch channel. Be willing to do that. So don't hold on to it and say, well, you know, I, 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 just, I just cannot let that go. Let it go. Let it go and let God speak to you and teach you. Number two, you need to be in it. Listen wholeheartedly. Everybody say wholeheartedly. Okay, now, turn with me to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 to 4. Let me explain to you what I mean. This is the first two commandments of God. Right? Some of you know the commandments of God. You can memorize it by heart. I have to be honest with you. I, I can't. I, I don't know. I know John 3, 16 really well. Oh, you religious people are despising me now, I'm sure. But anyways, Exodus chapter 20, God says, You shall have no other gods before me. He is a one-way street guy. It's not like Buddha, Muslim, Muhammad, whatever can go to God. No, it's one God. And then the second commandment is, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven and above or that is on earth, that is in earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Now, it is very clear. If you want to walk in the ways of God, it's either you are all in or forget about it. Just go and have a KFC or Popeye or whatever. Just whatever, right? Go have a party, get drunk, whatever, right? God bless you. If you want to be in, you got to be all in. You cannot just go, ooh, I don't know. But even if you want to test the water, it's fine, right? But when you got to do it, when you have to go in, you got to plunge in, right? Otherwise, there's no fun. I see people go to swimming, you know. They just, they just, they just have their legs in there. It, it's not the same experience. Like, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, they come to my house, you know, I have a swimming pool at home, right? And this is what they do. Let me show you. This is what my wife does. <laughs> so she sit by the side of the pool. Oh, so nice. <laughs> They're like cats. They don't want to get wet ever. 
Right? Oh, it's so nice. It's so nice. Oh, oh it's so cold. Oh, whatever. Like, what do you get out of that anyways? I don't know. <laughs> don't get offended, please, you know? If you want to swim, the best experience is all in, yes? Everybody say all in. All in. And that's what we're called to do is we're all in, right? So now, people are not all in for God because, listen, of fear. Fear that it might not work. Fear that they have conjured up in them or the devil had conjured up in them, letting them think that God might not work. You know, very interesting, the Jews who received these commandments, after they got into the Canaan land, over the period of times, uh, not, during the time of, uh, not during the time of David, but after David, there are different seasons, different, king, different kings that rise and fall and so forth. But in those seasons, there are many times, both the Jews and the Israelites, the, Jew, the people in, in what Israel in general, is that they would go to the temple to worship God on Sabbath, but during the week, they worship another very popular god. It's called Baal. Do you know what Baal stands for? Baal is a god of abundance. A god of prosperity. Like, you know, Chinese, they have this god. If, you, if you're Chinese, you know that there's this laughing god. He's chubby and fat. He's got this massive tummy. Some of you go to some Chinese restaurant, you see the massive tummy god. He sits there and he laughs. Like he, he smiles all the time. He's a god of prosperity. Now, if that's what prosperity brings, I don't want that because I'm working very hard to get rid of this. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> but the whole idea is that you worship, it's a pantheistic idea. You worship different gods for different things. So they believe God of Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac to deliver them out of the land of Egypt. Like many Christians believe that God had saved and delivered them from, from sin and, and condemnation and guilt. And now they've been set free. But they don't have enough faith to believe the Jews at the time didn't have enough faith to believe that God will actually provide for their needs. And so they turn to other gods to hedge themselves, like many Christians do today. And so they worship different gods for different things. You say, well, I don't worship idol. I don't worship the image of idols. You know, I just, I just, I don't worship the image of idol. But we do actually. We may not have idols in front of us, but you know what we do? We come to church on Sunday, we worship God. We're thanking Him for saving us. We're thanking Him for, for loving us. We're thanking Him for comfort, joy, Holy Spirit speaking in tongues, Shandai, you know. We're thanking Him for the brothers and sisters. We're thanking Him for eternal life. And on Monday, if there's a financial crisis, Guess who we turn to? Loans. Now, I don't feel judge or condemn. I'm just showing you. Because we're afraid and fearful that God probably won't come true. So the first idea we have is turn to the financial system of the world. Because we're fearful that it might not work. I heard a very interesting pastor say this recently. Recently being a few months ago. He said this. Um, he said, our fear, watch this, 
determines what we worship. Our fear determines what we worship. Our worship is proven by who we trust. Powerful statement. I'm going to say it again. Our fear determines what we worship. So if you are fearful, so the people of Israel, they were fearful of lack. Who did they turn to? They turned to Baal. And what's the consequence? No rain at one time. You know, uh, Elijah prayed and the rain was seized. They were in disaster. The more they worshiped that Baal God, the drier it gets. And human being, we are like that. You know, we're insane. We, we just keep doing the same thing, expecting different results. And many of us Christians are the same thing today. We keep on turning to the financial system of the world because we trust the financial system of the world for our finances more than we trust God. And we inevitably didn't even know that we are actually honoring and worshiping the financial system over our God. You may not have a modern image in front of you, but that you are worshiping and beholding the financial system. You say, do we, do we, not, do we not have, uh, should we not trust, you know, have loans? I'm not judging loans. I'm not condemning having loans. I'm not condemning using credit cards. I use it all the time to get all my aeroplane miles. Glory to God. That's why I have free trips all the time. Praise the Lord, right? I put everything through my credit card so that I can have points, right? But anyway, so, you know, but I'm not, I'm not judging loans. But if our Behold, if what we're beholding is the financial system, then we're worshiping the If what we trust is the financial system, we didn't even factor God into any of the equation, then we are actually beholding and worshiping the financial systems. Some people say, well, I worship in God. I come to church on Sunday. I worship Him and I sing praise to Him. But friends, can I ask you this question? When you walk out of here and you got a call from a creditor on Monday or your car got ran into, what do you do first? Because what you trust prove who you worship. Come on. You can, you can say, I will. you know, worship is not just a good song we sing. You know, just what we do here, it's just a, one of the many, many, many form of expressions of our worship. But the, 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 the form of worship that you and I have throughout the week is proven how much we trust Him. Mostly above and everything, above any, anything else that we trust. You know, many Christians trust him like the Jews. Trust Jesus, trust God for eternal life, for salvation, for, 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 for being righteous. You know, for emotional experiences, you know, on Sunday, for comfort. But we don't trust him for our healing or our finances. We, you know, like I use, we go to hospital. My dad go to hospital, right? We, we used to, you know, we work with the doctors. We, you know, we're very nice to them because we want them to treat really nicely to my parents, you know, to my dad especially, you know. And we just work with the nurse and the doctors. But I tell you, this experience tells me you cannot trust the medical system. Are you here this morning? I got like three people agree. You, you know, like I thank God for the, for, the, for the free, I'm telling you, the things that they do for my dad will cost hundreds of thousands of dollars if you were down in the United States. Thank God I live in Canada. Oh, Canada. We didn't even sing that song last week. That was, that was uh, that we should, you know, we should sing. Debbie, you know, come on, come to the piano. Let's sing Oh, Canada. Let's just, 
We don't, we don't trust Canada, right? We trust God, but we know just because we, we so focused on the ribs last week, we forgot about singing national anthem. It's true. By the time I got home, it's like, oh, we didn't even sing the national anthem. You know, what were we doing? You know, what were we thinking about? You know, <laughs> some people probably got offended. This church, man, they're so unpatriotic. Bye. See you later. You know, <laughs> but, uh, but okay. Um, okay, let's all stand. We're going to sing this. I'm just... Now, they changed the lyrics. I can't remember what it's a change. I don't care. I'm just going to sing the old lyrics because that's how I memorize it. Glory to God. Amen, you know. Hallelujah. Okay, it's, uh, give me a... Oh, that's no sound on the keyboard. Come on, Pan. Okay. That's good. Oh, Canada, our home and native land, our home and native land. True patriot love, true patriot love in all thy sons' command. In all thy sons' command, with glowing heart, we see thee rise from true nor strong and free from fire and white. From far, oh Canada, oh Canada, we stand on guard, we stand on guard for thee. God keep our land, God keep our land, glorious and free, glorious and free, oh Canada, oh Canada, we stand on guard for oh we stand on guard. For the one more time, oh Canada, oh Canada, we stand on God for thee. Yeah, hallelujah. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Debbie. Come on, it's an amazing country. We love all the free medicine, free medical services, you know. Like, you know, where else would you want to live? United States? Probably. I don't know. I don't want to offend anybody, you know. Like, you know, <laughs> you know my uncle, I'm going to tell you this very true story. My uncle, who just recently passed away, um, and he, he was a pastor in California. And, um, you know, uh, at the end of his life, he had some kidney problem. And uh, he had refused to go to the hospital for dialysis for the longest time until the very last moment. You know why? Because he was worried that he might bankrupt his family. There are many people in the United States, you know, we, everybody goes to emergency these days. So the, it's so busy that, you know, people have a sneeze, they go to emergency. Goodness me, right? <laughs> I, I, it's like to, total abuse of our system, you know. But anyways, God love you, bless you, whatever, right? But, you know, pe people wouldn't think twice to want to go to a hospital. My mom always like, oh, I think I'm going to a hospital. Like if she was in the United States, she'd probably like, oh, I, I don't know, right? But, you know, <laughs> but we, we live in an amazing country. And, you know, uh, it's such a privilege to live in this country. But friends, listen to this. You can't trust the medical system more than you trust God. I, I need you to listen to this. Because the doctor had told us it was hopeless. Can you imagine we believed the doctor? Many of you didn't. Many of you did not. You hung in there and you prayed for my father. You were seeking the face of God. Some of you didn't, don't even know him. 
You pray for him. We got people pray for him in Venezuela. Glory to God. A whole church there. Got people praying for him in Europe. You know, praying for him in Malaysia, where he used to minister to. And God knows where else, you know. People pray for him. Prayer works. We had trusted, we had trusted the power of God more than the medical system. Not that we don't use the medical system. We just we were in the medical system. They were, you know, it's an amazing country, like I say. But you know, we trusted God more. And that's how you live a miracle, wholeheartedly, right? You say you don't worship Baal, while you may not be worshiping a modern image, like I say, many of us worship an invisible image called a system or an idea. You know, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, I'm going to explore that more when I talk about miracle of finances. Some of us need miracles in our finances. How many of you need miracles in your finances? Like, raise your hand, come on, Shandai, right? Some of us need to get set free from mortgages. You say, is it possible? Absolutely. Even if you're making minimum wages, you can have a mortgage-free life. Three people agree. I'm telling you the truth. Jesus says, Matthew 6, 24, No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other. That's very extreme, and it is very black and white for God. Or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. The word money is translated from the word mammon. Mammon is a spiritual expression of something. You know, mammon is what controls the money system of our time. And some of us worship mammon. What do I mean? They are more fearful of the money system than of God. That's why they have problem in doing even the basic, like tithing. But don't worry, God loves you. I'm not receiving any offering. But I want to tell you this. You cannot say, I love you, I worship God with all my heart and expect Him to do miracle for you when your action doesn't actually say so. Hope to see you next week again. Okay, don't get all offended. <laughs> you know, I am not against the financial system. You actually can actually game the financial system if you have the wisdom of God. Whereas for most people in this world, the financial system is actually gaming them. Oh, it feels feel very helpless, you know. Helpless. Like, what do I do? It's out of my control. The point is this. Trust and worship God wholeheartedly. Then whatever you're going to learn in the next few weeks, it will work. Guarantee. I wasn't going to do it. I was going to wait till November, but I think I'm going to do it next week. Next week, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a contractual agreement. This is serious. For those of you who have not learned how to tithe yet, I will give you a contractual agreement for three months. You tithe wholeheartedly, 
I don't know whether to do it next week or a week after. I don't know. And if after three months you don't see a difference, we'll give you back all the money. Because I'm not doing it because our church needs money. No, we don't. Shaka. It always works. See, when you're tired, you, you know, I'm jumping the gun. Let me just move on. Okay, number three. Don't be afraid. Nobody checks your tithe in this church. Nobody. But if you want to sign a contract, of course we have to check, right? Did I just shock somebody? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, when the church is healthy, what does it mean when the church is healthy? That the pastor is super rich? No, that's unhealthy. Not, not that the pastor is first. If, if everyone is living in breakthroughs in their health, in their healing, in their relationship, and yes, in their finances. That's when the church is healthy. That's how we manifest the goodness of God. That's how you get attention from the world and say, hey, what are you doing? Nothing. I just worship God. Wow, let me worship your God. Are you here? Come on. It is not his idea that we struggle like the world. If you're struggling like the world, friends, pay attention. You are designed to live in the supernatural, in the realm of impossibilities that the world consider impossible. But it should be so normal and natural for you. Okay, number three. One more thought about living out the impossible. Witnessing pigs fly, if you know what I mean. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 115, verse 3 to 8. Our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. He does whatever he pleases. Don't confine him, please. Don't confine him with your religiosity. Don't confine him with your theology, with the doctrine. He do whatever he pleases. Okay, let's do verse 4. Now, David's talking about those heathen now. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of human hands. Now, you may not have a molded image, but the systems that we have that people are worshiping and fearful of, they are system of the workings of man. Yes? Do you not agree? Yes. Government system we have, whether it's capitalism, hybrid, socialism, communism, or whateverism, they're all the works of human hands, humans' ideas. Their idols are silver and gold, or the Almighty dollars is still the work of human hands. You know, if you study economics, if you want to know, the economics that we have today 
is based on the value systems of about, I don't know, when, when currency was introduced, how many, 150 years, 200 years ago, when currency was introduced. When currency was introduced, the idea was that the paper you hold or the coins you hold has an equal weight to the value that is attached to, to a certain goal that is deposited in the bank. Now, if you study economics, you understand that that was the original idea. Today, those paper is absolutely based on worthless thing called perception. When everybody perceived it's worth $100, then it's worth $100. If one day somebody believed that it's only worth $50 and he convinced everybody it's worth $50, guess what? They call that dollar devaluation. If you don't, don't agree with me, just go and talk to people from Venezuela, from uh, is it El Salvador now, is experiencing the same thing. Uh, from Brazil, you know, there's a massive devaluation and massive bankruptcy. What is that? This is the same paper that had thought to worth more today, worth only a fraction because everybody decided, decided based on whatever factors that they worth little and everybody's selling it. And so now the dollar is worth whatever country they were from, like Brazil or Salvador or, or, or Venezuela, is worth absolutely next to nothing. It's not tied to any goal or true asset. That's the system we're in. That's the work of human hands. It's very dangerous if you're depending on the system of the world. There will come a day. I'm not, be, I'm not trying to scare you, okay? Please don't be scared. You shouldn't be scared. You should be like, oh, Shandai, man, I'm ready. There's going to come a day that there will be financial chaos in this world. I'm not preaching fear. Right? I mean, how much more can they borrow? But anyways, be, there will be a financial chaos in the world. And valuation of the dollars that we use to trade, it's not going to worth anything. In fact, they were doing a documentary, I believe it's in Brazil, and that people no longer use currency to exchange. They actually do barter system. And they're using Facebook uh, Facebook has become a, 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 a place people gather to, uh, to barter, and then they agree to go to a certain spots to, to exchange milk for jeans and this sort of thing, which is it's crazy in today's world because money no longer worth anything in that country. Now, watch this. So their idols are silver and gold, and they work with human. Verse 5, they have mouths, but they do not speak. Eyes do not see. They have ears, but they do not hear. No, a nose cannot smell. And they have hands, they do not feel. Uh, feet, but they do not walk. And they, uh, they do not make a sound in their throat. And this is the interesting part, verse 8. The people who make them become like them. Repeat, you know, like you are smarter, you make something. And you become that dum-dum. There's a lot of spiritual significance in what is being said here. Because we have been beholding the system of the world, whether it's political system, educator system, financial system, um, you know, social system, all the systems, in the world, we are beholding them more than we trust the Word of God. We can no longer see the way God wants us to see. Because the world cannot see God. 
They can't even know God. They've lost their sensitivity. They can't feel God in the presence of God. And many Christians can't anymore because we are following the world. Our hands no longer productive because they can't move. We feel like we've been tied down by the system of the world. Ask many believers, and please, I'm not judging, I'm not judging, okay? You know, ask some of the believers who, who, who had to work in the weekend. You know, you, you, they will tell you, oh, they wish they could come to church on Sunday. Some of you are able to come. You better be thankful that you're able to come. But, you know, there's some of us that just got so tied down. We feel like we've been imprisoned by the world. We have zero freedom to worship God. Many of you are here this morning, you have the freedom. I'll tell you that a lot of people today have no freedom to worship God. They live in a free society and yet they are bound. Why? Because we have been beholding the system of the world. We become like them. We can hear God, see God do what God had intended for us to do, like the idol. That's what believers are thinking and looking, talking, existing like the world. When you and I have been called to become sons and daughters of God, representative of the Almighty Divine on earth, we got nothing to show for. I preached a sermon a number of years ago. I don't know if you will remember. I know Sister Mavis remember it because she repeated it to me a few times. Thank God somebody remember my sermon. <laughs> you and I become what we behold and worship. You become what you behold, what you worship. Very simple example. You walk down the street, one, you know, I don't know if you notice, there are people having such fashion that is, you think to yourself, why? <laughs> Have you been there? I, I don't know. My wife was commenting on some, some young girl's fashion. It's like, oh, she's like, oh, so disgusting. Like, I was thinking, why didn't this little young girl see that? Why? In fact, she was so proud of her half-nakedness. <laughs> and bouncing around like she's like, oh, like an angel. And everybody is like, you know, wh why? Because she had been beholding the wrong fashion. You know what I mean? Their idols, her idols, probably people that dress that way. And after looking at it for a while, they become like that. Like, you know, like she, you know, I don't want to go into details, but it just, it just, it just make guys go, oh, Jesus, forgive me, kind of fashion. Some of you don't know what I'm talking about. You all holy man, oh, come on, stop it. Did I choke you again? <laughs> 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 uh, 
We become what we behold. And if you want to be glorious, live in the supernatural. We're going to talk about it for the next four weeks. We're going to talk about four miracles. Miracles of healing, miracles of protection, miracles of provision, and miracles of deliverance. We're going to start with deliverance first. Right? Deliverance is actually very interesting. Some denominations consider it dark. I don't know why, but it's actually very cool. In this church, we have seen some amazing stuff. Not during Sunday necessary, but, you know, people, like I've been, I, I got invited to preach in different denominations in, 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 in the city in the past, and so people kind of remember me, and so they would knock on my doors when they have some sort of supernatural need, you know? <laughs> And uh, I remember one time I was, I was preaching in an Anglican, Anglican church, and, and uh, after that there was this, this, this lady came, and, 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 you know, we got a good number of years ago, and, and she was describing something that will freak you out. She's like, I need help. She said, the reason is because every evening when I wash my face and look in the mirror, I see a man standing behind me, and I look around, that man is actually not there. And she said, I got so used to it, it doesn't bother me anymore, but I know that's a problem. Hmm. Interesting stuff. But don't let it freak, out, freak you out. You know, I mean, if it helps, I'll wear a minion suit next week to just to tone down. But no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, there's this nothing to be fearful of. Because God has given you and I a spirit, His own spirit. And the Word of God says, greater is He that's living in us than he that's living in the world. Can I hear an amen? amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord. 